Here we go. So I want to talk today about the long haul. The long haul. Let me preface it with this. I want to get to a place. I've said this every week. I want you to get to the end of your life and have accomplished everything God wants you to accomplish. But I don't want you to get there alone. I want you to get to the finish line with Jesus and with your family. And I'm watching too many people in ministry and not in ministry get, try to get to the end of their life and they don't have their family with them. They're leaving them on the roadside, on the path to accomplishing great things. I'm telling you, if you get there without Jesus and without family, you've actually accomplished nothing. And I want you, my goal in life, my goal in this series, my goal for you as your pastor is that you would get to the end of this thing. You got your spouse, your family, and you got Jesus on your side. Now, I want to say this as well. I know for a fact there's people in the room that have been through divorce. And I want you to know, listen to me, your life is not over. You are not damaged goods. You are not tainted goods. You went through something that did not work, and that is okay. And I want you to know that God can redeem that and make it better on the other side if we give it to him and watch this thing, move this thing on with him and for him. And I want you to know here at Radiate, we welcome you. You are here, and I don't want you to feel like damaged goods because you're not. You're a child of God, and you have a purpose, and you have a purpose that God is going to see through in your life. And, and, and so I don't want you to hear this and go, well, I can't listen to this message because we didn't make it the first time. No, you made a mistake. Something didn't work out. Somebody made a mistake somewhere along the way, which is why it didn't work. And that is okay. As long as we give it to God, we're going to move forward. Amen? I want you to hear that first and foremost. Singles, you're going to hear today and go, well, I'm not married, so what do I have to listen to? Watch, watch this. If you will apply what we talk about today before you get married, it won't be as hard when you get married because you'll already have principles and foundations in place on how to do this stuff before somebody else is dependent on you to do this stuff and you do it for you. So I want to talk about this. I'm going to start with this statement. It's this. What we want rarely just shows up. What you want is often earned. You got to get that first and foremost. What we want in life rarely just shows up. I want a promotion at the job, so I'm going to sit in my recliner and do nothing. How many of you think you're going to get a promotion? I, I, I want, you know, I don't know, I want more money, so I'm going to sit in my lazy boy and wait for a check to fall in my lap. Ain't going to happen, folks. No, it don't work. That's not how life works. And we think that because God is God and he loves us like he does so unconditionally and so selflessly and so lovingly that if he wants us to have something, he'll just give it to us. Here's what I hear a lot as a pastor. I hear this phrase. I'm praying for the will of God in my life, which I appreciate. I think that's amazing. And one of the questions I like to ask is, well, where are you serving? Oh, I'm not serving. I'm just waiting on God to tell me where. Ah, can I just, can I be real honest? I don't think God's going to show you where to serve until you learn how to serve. You can't be a good leader until you become a follower. Why would anybody follow somebody that can't follow anybody else? At my church, like, I'm the lead pastor here, so I'm like, I call the shots, right? I'm the CEO, if you will, at this church. I got two levels or three levels of accountability above me that I have to answer to. I can't spend a penny at this church without it being looked over. I get calls from my board of overseers that goes, hey, Brandon, when's the last time you and Megan went on, on a date? Hey, Brandon, how are you with your kids? Hey, Brandon, how's your devotional life? Hey, Brandon, what you studying in the Bible right now? Hey, if I called and asked you to preach, what would you preach on? That's the questions I get. What books are you, you know why? Because we need people over us, but well, most of us want the will of God in our life to just fall. You can't even figure out what you don't like until you try something. 
You with me? You didn't know you didn't like a cheeseburger until you ate a cheeseburger. And if you don't like a cheeseburger, I'll pray for you after the service. And I don't know what's wrong with you. I got somebody on staff don't like donuts nor cheeseburgers. I, y'all exercise the demons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we, what you want in life rarely shows up. But here's the, here's the crazy thing for me. We will work our butts off to get that truck we want. And we will work our tail off to get that check that we want. But we won't work our tail off to get whatever God wants for us. God, you just, I'll put a prayer in, I'll turn the handle, and I'll expect the answer out. Can I tell you, God don't work that way either. Because what does he say? He says, faithful with little, and I'll bless you with much. Here's what he's teaching us. What you do with the little bit I give you determines how much I can trust you with in the future. So if he gives me, you know, whatever he gives me today, if I just sit on it and go, you know what, God? I'm good. I just sit right here, you know, and I'll just wait. We talked about this just a few weeks ago with the sweat equity. God, I'll just wait on it. And God's like, nah, that ain't how this works. I gave it to you to do something with. That passion and that talent, that talent for taking pictures you got, I wish you'd use it in the church. That, that talent for singing and worship that you got, I wish you'd ask Pastor Chris where you could fit into the production team, even if it ain't on the stage. Some of us are seeking a, a stage rather than being a support system for his work. I don't know why I'm talking about this today. Y'all good? But my point is, is like what we want rarely falls in our lap. We have to work for it. I have to get better at it. Go ask Tom Brady and LeBron James, two of the best athletes on the planet right now. You think they ain't working out? Yes, they're working out. And yes, I know Tom Brady is retired, but there's also video of him currently working out with a quarterback's coach because he can't quit. And we got to learn to get on this thing and, and get to this place because here's what happens. And I, I just want to be real honest and, and, and help you understand. People don't wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I think I'm going to give away the marriage, the kids, the money, the job, the house, the car. I'm going to give all that away today. I think I'm going to make a decision today and I'm just going to, I'm just going to get rid of it. Like it doesn't matter to me. What happens is we get in a place to where we give those things away because it compounds over time and there's a leak of priority and a leak of vision and something leaks and I don't want anything to leak. I want to give you a plug to put in the boat of your life so that what he wants for you doesn't leak. And so you get to the end of your life and you still have love for your spouse and you still have respect from your kids and you still serve the church and you still love Jesus and you're still telling people about him until the, your last breath. That's my goal. Because people don't wake up for it just to end. We don't wake up one day and go, I think I'm just going to act like a roommate to my spouse today. No, we don't do that. We just lose it over time. So how do we get that? It's called the long haul. In fact, James chapter 1, James chapter 1 actually talks about this. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, there's this group of scriptures you've heard me talk about several times. It says this. It says, consider it all joy, my brothers. This is a crazy verse, right? Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. I don't know about you. When I go through trials in life, I'm not sitting there jumping up and down for joy going, this is amazing. I'm really struggling to make my budget this month. Woohoo! Right? Nobody does that, right? I don't sit down and go, where's everybody out at church? Yeah, everybody's gone. You know what I'm saying? I don't sit there and go, whoa, COVID, woohoo! Right? Nobody does that. But James is trying to shift perspective. He's going, hey, consider it joy. Be happy about it. Whenever you face various trials, and here's why. Because the testing, because 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let's, let's hang on for a second. The testing of your faith. Can I just tell you something about a Christian walk in faith? Not every flat tire you have is an attack from the devil. Can I just tell you, it, it wasn't the devil woke up this morning and said, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to put a screw in their tire. Right? And not every flat tire is God trying to keep you from an accident down the road. Sometimes you just ran over a nail, and now your tire's flat. It could be the other stuff. Watch this. Every argument with my wife ain't always the devil trying to creep his way in and divide us. No, I was just a jerk when I woke up this morning. Like, Now, what I, ha- what I allow to happen beyond that is on me. You know what I'm saying? But I got to fix what I got to fix. You, you see where I'm at? He's going, hey, sometimes the trials, sometimes the difficulties, sometimes the things you go to in your life, th- sometimes the things you face and endure in your life is actually God testing you. And here's the thing you got to pick up on with testing. How many times in school did you ever get a test and the teacher stood by your desk and said, how you doing? You okay? You need water? You need an answer there? Hey, how about some crackers? Will that help you? None. So why do we expect God to always speak to us during a test? He will grade how we test out in silence so that he can teach us where to go beyond that. You go, yeah, they're patience, <laughs> fruit of the Spirit. right there. I know every time he tests me in patience, I fail it, y'all. He's like, yeah, you made us, you got a half a point better, but bud, you got a long way to go. And I'm like, yes, God, I do. Now hurry up and tell me. Right? Like, we've, we've got to go. So it's, it's testing, but why does he test our faith? Here's why he tests our faith, because this is one of the best, biggest questions I get as a pastor. Well, why does God allow this to happen? Why do these things happen in my life? Why is God okay with difficulty? Here's why. I'm telling you, your faith produces endurance. Endurance. Endurance is the ability to get to the finish line despite how you feel right now. Endurance is not the ability to cross the finish line first. It's the ability to finish the, cross the finish line at all. Are you with me? That's why we build endurance. That's why I'm out of breath whenever I jumped around because I have not been to the gym like I should over the past three weeks. I don't have the endurance that I should have. Watch this. And then verse 4, And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Endurance allows perfection to be a reality at the end of the race. Now, this is, he's talking spiritually here, but I think it can go towards relationships too. Because don't we live in a society where we just walk out the moment things get hard? And I'm not just talking about relationships, I'm talking about everything. Like, don't you love your church? Yeah, I love my church. Where do you serve? I don't. Somebody hurt my feelings. They hurt your feelings at Target too, and you still go give them $100 a week. So I don't understand. Right? (laughs) Come on. I'm not talking to them anymore. They looked at me wrong. So did he, but you stare at him every time he walks by. I know, I know, I know. I want us to get to the place where endurance is built up and we keep going and we keep moving forward and we get to the end of this thing and we're at the end of the road of, of life and, and like we're in it for the long haul. I'm in, I'm in with God for the long haul. I'm in with my spouse for the long haul. I'm in with my church for the long haul. I'm, I'm in with vision for the long haul. Like I'm doing this thing for the long haul. I ain't just trying to do something. I'm trying to change something. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a movement. This ain't a moment, but a movement. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to that place in my life. And that's where I'm trying to get you, and that's where I'm trying to get everybody else, is we got to produce this, this endurance to where we keep going, because without stretching, we never get better. Without stretching, we never get better.
And so I just want to encourage you today. And here's what I love about the fact that you're here today. It ain't just that I get to stand on a stage and, and over three services, I'll preach to 600, 700 people, just depending on who's on. And then, you know, we got 30, 40 people in online at, at Florence today. And we got, you know, 100 plus people online today. Like, it ain't just that. You know, you know what I love about you showing up today? Because showing up is the first step to making it. At least the fact that you're here today shows that you care enough that you're going to learn something, that you're going to take something. And my prayer is that God doesn't let us hear a good message, but God changes something on the inside of us so that we can make this thing happen and we can change lives. Anybody in the room ready to make it for the long haul today? Come on. Come on. Make some noise. So I'm going to give you four thoughts. Four thoughts, keys to build a long-term, long-haul marriage. Number one is this. Number one is this one. Worship and pray together. Pray and worship together. That's why I love it when marriages and, and families and spouses go to church together. Now, I understand. Listen, I understand that's not a reality for some people. And, and I'm, there's no judgment here from that. I don't think that's terrible on your part. But here's what you can do. You worship and you pray and you get into this thing and you live your life. Second Peter says, live your life in such a way that you reach them without words. But if you have a spouse that's a believer... And that attends with you, man, let's, let's do this thing. Let's pray together. Let's worship together. In fact, read what John chapter 3 and verse 30 says. John chapter 3, verse 30, very short verse. It's, it's, it's six, uh, seven words that will change your life. He must increase, but I must decrease. See, my marriage can't be dependent on me whenever it's dependent on him. I can't focus on the argument when I'm focused on him. I can't focus on what they didn't do whenever I'm focused on everything he has done. Are you following me? I've said this before about other things, but the reality is it's hard to be angry at somebody you pray for. It's super hard. In fact, I tell you this, if you have angry feelings towards somebody, start praying for them. Forgiveness becomes a reality real quick. Some of y'all are like, I ain't praying for them, I'll never do it. I ain't I got a sermon coming up in just a few weeks talking about forgiveness. No, we got this thing, like pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. My wife yesterday, hey, y'all, I make jokes about this all the time because she does. She, she'll pick up, like, I'll leave. So when I make coffee at the house, I put sweet and low in it and creamer. I have a habit as, as I'll open the sweet and low packets and I'll leave the packet, the empty packet, laying on the kitchen sink. Y'all, y'all act like y'all, uh-uh. There was half the room that went, oh, my God. Y'all act like I left a lit freaking match around a gas can or something. What the heck? Sweet and low packets, how dare you, Pastor? You don't have the authority to preach anymore. You're done disqualified. I throw the K-cup away. I even rinse out the cup. Stop, y'all still sitting there. Y'all, for real, I wish you could see. There's women, Ashley, looking at me going, great day. It's hard to, hard to hate somebody you pray for. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm just kidding. So I do that, right? And, and Megan, she told me yesterday, I was sitting there, I was playing Madden 22 because I had a few minutes on, on Xbox and I was playing Madden I got to save this story somehow. So I'm, I'm playing and she goes, babe, you are going to be the sweetest man when you get old. And I was like, thank you. I don't know what that means for me now, but thank you. And she goes, because every time I move these sweet and low packets, I pray for your sweetness. And y'all, she ain't kidding. Like, she's dead serious. I was like, thank you. It's hard to be mad at somebody you pray for, for real. 
It's also hard to be mad at somebody all the time and treat somebody un, unwell or un, unchristlike whenever you worship with them. I know some of you got in the car today and you were yelling at your kids, come on, let's go, we're going to be late to church. Throw your shirt on, you got to put on my makeup in the car. And you're telling your husband like, eat a granola bar and shut your mouth, we're going to church, we're worshiping Jesus. Right? Y'all know, you laugh because it's true. You're telling your kids, you say one more thing in the name of Jesus, I'll lay hands today, you ain't got to wait till we get there. I don't care if it doesn't alter call or not, we're on this. Y'all know. But it's hard to remain angry at somebody whenever I'm lifting my hands next to them. It's hard to remain angry at somebody when I'm serving next to them. Man, get in this thing and pray and worship together at home and at church, right? Serve together, even if it's not on the same team. What did, ask them, what did God do in your area today? What did God do in Radio Kiss today? What did God do in the parking lot today? In production and worship as an usher? What did God do on the safety team today? What did God do as campus operate? Like, what, what did you see today? I promise you it'll draw you so much closer. Because watch this. What we do a lot of times is we'll focus on what we can see more than what we can't. And so we'll get together physically, you know, a couple times a week, and it's like, woo, yeah. But spiritually, we're still separated. And so nothing lasts until our spirits are connected. That's why two become one. That's why two become one. Man, I encourage you, pray and worship together um, and, and, and spend that time together. Here, here's the second one. I'm going to give it to you. Pray and worship together and then always choose love. I use my words very carefully on that. I did it on purpose. Always choose love because I want to tell you this. Love is a choice, not a feeling. You don't always wake up feeling like loving them. When he rolls over and he got that morning breath kicking, you ain't sitting there going, oh, yeah, do it again. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Not one person. When she rolls over and goes, good morning, baby, and she looked like Medusa, you're like, ah! <laughs> Stop. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We all do it, right? You don't always feel like it. You ain't going to feel like it whenever you're yelling at each other because you didn't put up the toothpaste or something. It's like, how dare you? You don't care about me. You don't care about me. And you get in this argument, and you don't feel like loving each other. But love is a choice, and here's why love is a choice. Love is a choice because love is the choice to put someone or something above anything else. And so when I choose love, I'm choosing that my coworker will not get more than my spouse. That the thoughts I have about the girl that walks by me in a skirt, I will choose to put it towards my spouse. Y'all quit acting like you don't have those thoughts. The thoughts you have about how sweet your coworker is to you, you put those towards your husband. Instead of flirting with them, you flirt with him, with your spouse. You send them a text. You choose the commitment. You choose the love. You choose the opportunity. You choose all of that. You choose that, no, I'm mad at you. I may not like you, but I love you. We choose all of that. We choose, love chooses to have a conversation that you don't want to have in order to make the other person better. Love chooses to receive things from the person that you love so that you can both get better and closer. Let's read a popular set of scriptures. Are y'all with me today? Is this helping anybody? Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. It's something you know. You've read it and half of you have it on a little picture from Hobby Lobby on your wall right now. <laughs> love is patient, dot, dot, dot. Let's look. 
Let's look at this. Love is patient. I'll never be able to read that again. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I, I would challenge you to read that later whenever you get home and do it this way. Love chooses to be patient. Love chooses to be kind. Love chooses not to be jealous, and love chooses uh, not to brag. Love chooses not to be arrogant. Love chooses not to act unbecomingly. Love chooses not to seek its own. Love chooses not to be provoked. And keep adding chooses in there. Because I get to choose that. I get to choose, watch this, her. I get to choose my spouse. And every day that I don't choose my spouse is a day where I'm letting down my love for her, my commitment for her. And there are days where I don't choose it like I should. And there will be days you don't. But there has to be way more that you do than when you don't. And we don't get to go, oh, my bad, I didn't mean to not choose you today. Let's just forget about that and move on. No, we make it right. We make it right. I told somebody the other day, they were telling me about something that was going on with their spouse, and I said, you take your behind to Target, go get some chocolate, you go get some flowers, and you go get a stuffed animal, and you kiss her and tell her you love her even though you don't like her right now. And like, I was being funny, but the truth is, is like, that's choice. We choose to love each other even when it's not always great. Here's another one. Always chase your spouse. Always chase your spouse. Let me flip over to y'all's favorite book of the Bible. You ready? Song of Solomon, the original Shades of Grey. I'm for real. If you're single, I don't know if you should read this book. You probably should. If you're married, read it together. You're welcome. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2 says this. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful you are. Your eyes are like doves behind your veil. Go home and say that. This next line is your best. Your hair is like a flock of goats. <laughs> it has descended from Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of newly shorn ewes, which have come up from their washing, all of which bear twins. I'll let you use your imagination of what twins he was talking about with her. And not one among them has lost their young. Chase your spouse. This dude, Solomon, is sitting there looking at this woman that he finds beautiful, and he is not leaving anything to her imagination. I know we laugh about the flock of goats coming down from Mount Gilead, but the truth is, man, that's like, that was something to them. She was like, no one has ever told me that. <laughs> Mount Gilead, wow. Right? She's loving it. And he's like, yeah, how you doing? You know, like, y'all, chase your spouse. Men, say it. Tell her what you like. Tell her what you like. Ladies, tell him what you like. Tell him how much you like his personality. Tell him how much you like this cologne on him and these clothes. Tell her how much you like this. Hey, listen, men. Tell her what you like. Buy her what you like. 
Ladies, I'm, I, y'all, I'm being dead serious, though. Like, chase your spouse. Be nice to them. Love on them. Get, put yourself to the side for them. Sexually, give them what they want. Chase them sexually. That's a part of marriage. I don't know why everybody is okay with HBO talking about that, but not the church. We're scared to death our kids are going to hear about sex in the context of God's word. I think that's probably how they should. Amen? Come on, I got one person with me. Yeah. Like, the reality is, is like, y'all, let's chase each other sexually. Like, not each other, like your spouse. <laughs> chase your spouse sexually. Let me clarify. All right? Okay? Like, your spouse. The one you... If you're engaged, don't chase each other sexually yet. You got your honeymoon coming up, and you got a lifetime of that. It's going to be great, right? But chase, chase your spouse. Tell them what you like. Tell them what you don't like. Love them. Do things that might make you uncomfortable, but they love. Men, like, I want to give you this one thought. Men, we're not the best at this. Y'all, if you think something good, say it. And if you think something good, do it. Like, if she looks good today... Tell her she looks good today. Don't just slap her butt. <laughs> slap her butt and then tell her she looks good today. You look good today. Not a good game, baby. <laughs> Two different slaps. Right? Dude, if you, if you pass flowers in, in, at the at, at fresh market when you're getting uh, groceries or wherever you're at, and you're like, she would love those, buy them. Put down the Coke Zero and buy that instead. For real. Flowers are a little bit more expensive than Coke Zero, but whatever. <laughs> put, put, think something good, say it. Think something good, do it. Ladies, wear a little something, something around the house when the kids are in bed because we don't want scars. <laughs> be weird. Like, for real, what is he like? What is he not like? What, is her, what are her tendencies? What are not her tendencies? Like, all that stuff. You get what I'm saying. Like, chase, chase your spouse. Send flirty texts all day. Instead of, sending them, instead of sending a complaining text to your spouse, send a flirty one. Flirt with, flirt with them. Enjoy each other again. Because here's what I don't want to happen. We have a lot of young couples in our church, so I want to speak to the young couples for a minute. Don't get to the end of your life when your kids are gone and now you have to relearn a stranger. Be in love with the mother of your kids. Be in love with the father of your kids. Be in love with each other. That's what brought you together anyway. Love God, love each other, right? And here's the last one. <clears throat> Always eliminate the escape. Always eliminate the escape. Let me say this. The only time that I ever think it is okay to walk away from a marriage is if you're in an abusive and dangerous situation. And in that situation, let me make this proclaim. Uh, let me proclaim this. You need to go get professional help. You need to go get legal help. And you need to get out of that situation. Because nobody should be in a dangerous situation where your life is in danger. And I want you to know that because I, I don't think enough people make that known. I just need you to hear me when I say that. I think we work it out in the long haul, but don't you dare put your life and your kids in danger too. You go get them help and you go get you help and we can work through what we need to from there. But let's eliminate the escape because here's the reality. What is, a, what is eventually a possibility will eventually become reality. So if I live my marriage with the possibility that I could walk out of this at any moment, I will. Because it's already in my head. Watch this. 
What does the end of chapter 13 say? Verse 7. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. Endures all things. Endures all things. We get through this together. Y'all, I... Megan and I talk about this openly, and we'll probably talk about it next week and at the marriage one day. The worst, the worst year, one of the worst years of my life was my first year of marriage. It wasn't her fault. She's sweet as she can be. One of the worst years of my life, and it was because of me. In fact, it was so bad, I took my ring off and threw it on the bed, and I told her, I can't do this. I'm done. Just a few months in. And I, I had a guy that was a youth pastor that, I still stayed in touch. I called him. I didn't know who else to call. I called him. I wasn't calling my brother. I wasn't calling my family. I was too embarrassed. Like, I just can't do this. And I called him. I said, I'm done, man. This ain't what I signed up for. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. And here's what he told me. You know what he told me? He was in Oklahoma. I was in Elgin. And he said, no, you're going to walk in that room, and you're going to put that ring back on your finger, and you're going to walk up to your wife that is crying that you're mad at and she's mad at you and you're going to embrace her and you're going to give her a kiss on her forehead and you're going to tell her, we will get through this together. I said, I don't want to. He said, I didn't ask you if you wanted to. He said, that's called making it happen no matter what. I had to have somebody get in my face to tell me, endure all things. That's why we need life groups. We don't have life groups just to have something to do. I got plenty to do. We have life groups because we need each other. To grab somebody by the neck sometimes and go, no, you're going to get this thing right and here's how you're going to do it. I need it. You need it. We all need it. It endures all things because here's the reality. Here's what commitment is. Commitment is choosing to do what you said you'd do long after the feelings have left. That's commitment. I don't feel like it. Didn't ask if you felt like it. I don't want to. Didn't ask if you wanted to. When you make a promise to each other, you promise to endure. And here's what I want you to know today. I don't care if you haven't endured up until this moment. The point is, you're here today, and you ain't here on accident, because this is a house of miracles. You're in this place, because God's welling something up inside of you that you can endure. You can take on more than you can take on. You can get through more than you think you can get through. You can handle more than you think you can handle. I promise you, you can endure a miscarriage. You can endure a pain. You can endure a death. You can endure a frustration. It's all because of God and the people He put around you, and one of the people He put around you is that spouse, and that spouse you need to embrace and you need to lean on and I know it gets hard and I know it gets tough and I know tears flow and I know you don't like each other all the time and I know the sex ain't great sometimes and I know this but you will lean in and you will endure because God has said that you can endure because we will choose love and we will pray and worship together and we will chase each other and we will eliminate the escape you can do this. I'm here to tell whatever marriage is in this room that needs to hear this, you can endure. You can do it right. Let's get this thing and let's make this thing happen and let's do it with God and watch God change people's lives simply because we decided to do it His way. Love endures all things. And you're going to endure. You're going to be just fine. Get in a life group. Get in church. Worship together. Pray together. Love each other. Chase each other. Date each other. Go on dates. All that stuff. Dress up for each other. Whatever it is. Look nice when y'all go somewhere. I don't care. The reality is just do what you got to do to keep it burning for the long haul. Because you always choose love. And here's what I want to do today. I just want to pray over you. 
I'm just going to pray over you. Pastor Travis is going to come up in just a moment in Columbia, and he's going to give us some next steps and things that we can do in Florence. Right after I finish this prayer, your campus director, Justin, or Amber are going to step up to the front and give you some next steps of what we can do to change the world through the kingdom of God. And right here, I'm going to pray over each and every one of us that we would do this thing with endurance. Would you bow your heads with me today? Let me do it this way. If you're in the room, whether you're here in Columbia, whether you're online or whether you're in Florence today, would you, if you're in a place and you go, I need, I want to do this thing for the long haul and I need some help. I want to make sure I get it right. Would you just throw your hand up right where you are? It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Hands all over the room. Don't be ashamed of it. I'm throwing my hand up. I've been married 13 years. I want to do it the right way. Amen. Father, we love you and we honor you. I thank you, God. Help us. Help us all to learn how to do this thing for the long haul. Help us all learn how to do this thing with you. Help us all learn how to love you while we love each other. God, let us always choose love. Let us, all, let us pray and worship together. Let us chase each other. And God, let us eliminate the escape. God, I love you. And I pray right now that right where every marriage is, that your spirit would come into them and it would change everything in their house and in their heart and their kids, whatever it is. God, we can endure because of the love of Jesus. We, Father, we love you. We honor you and we give you all that we have. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's celebrate an amazing word. Man, this is a whole fun day spent together. Oh, man, listen, I work here. I got to hear that message and see that message in advance, and I'm still feeling challenged by what I heard right here in the building today. And maybe that's you. Maybe you experienced something uh, today's a worship experience. Hey, I want to give you a practical next step right now, and it's actually even a bold next step. I want to ask you, would you financially consider partnering with Radiate Church. Would you financially consider partnering with Radiate Church? Because ministry is fueled by your generosity. And ministry just doesn't happen on Sunday either. We're going to show you some images right now on the screen where your generosity was able to help feed over 300 people at a community feeding. One of our uh, community outreach life groups did right here in LG. I want to celebrate that. Y'all ain't getting loud enough for that, man. Man, when you give to this church, we want to make it really hard for you to go to hell. You understand? This is a really important thing right here. So we just want to say, hey, there's a couple easy ways that you can give a gift today, whether it's a cash or check in person or if it's digitally. And that second next step I want to challenge you with, man, grab invites. You probably heard something today. You're like, you know what? I know somebody I wish I would have brought with me to hear this thing. Man, grab an invite and bring them with you next Sunday. So, hey, listen, every Sunday we close this thing out with a big Let's Go Change World. We're going to do it as a team, one family today. So on the count of three, if you guys could help me out. One, two, three. Guys, we love you. We'll see you next Sunday.
What's up, Radiate Church? How we doing this morning? You're like, wait, we got still got four minutes. You're absolutely right. We're going to do something a little different today. We're in week three of our series, uh, Slide in the DM. We're having an amazing time uh, in this relationship series. We're going to do something fun just to kick it off differently. We're going to start off with some trivia. Who likes trivia in the house today? You got any trivia? Nobody raised your hands. I, that's crazy. No, listen, we're going to play trivia. It's going to be a great time. The winner of this trivia game that we're going to do yeah, wins a $25 Amazon gift card. So you're going to want to be a part of this. And so the most easy way you can do it is on the screen here, you're going to see a QR code. Scan that QR with your mobile device camera, or you can log on to your browser to crowd.live slash LNX87. We're just going to have a good time doing some just some cheesy romance trivia. Uh, there's questions for the guys, questions for the girls. It's a good time. We've had a blast the past two experiences. You don't want to miss this. So join in. We're going to get started here in three minutes. <laughs> 